experts have fiddle-farted around for years about the best time to do physical activity. Do we burn more fat in the AM? Do we have higher performance in the PM because we have more food and water? Fooey with either of them! Dr. Cashy advocates that using your body at all beats the snot out of doing nothing. Let the pedants argue about all those other nuances with zero practical value. Listen here if you want good information on how to determine what will work best for you. Roll the intro! Hello! And welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Cashy. And I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. And today, on this very fine episode of Coffee with Cashy, we are discussing appetite and activity. Dr. Cashy's case for daytime playtime. Hmm. <laughs> Love that. Dr. Cashy's case for daytime playtime. Quite a this is this is fun. This is fun. Uh, exercise and diet. Both words everybody knows I just absolutely love. Uh, they cause a lot of banner blindness, I think. People see it so much that it's just like, yeah, whatever, okay. Uh, this is why Dr. Cashy makes up funny words and speaks in the third person and uses, you know, alliterative mnemonics. Oh God, another study on why exercise and diet is good for you. Slow clap. It annoys the living crap out of me. I can only imagine how annoying it is to you. What remains clear, though, is that these things are important, I guess. <laughs> and that's about where the clarity ends. At this point, I think there's there's a little bit of confusion and, and there, it's, it's a bit you know muddled because there's a conspicuous deficiency in interdisciplinary sciences. Everyone is looking at very specific things and very specific, like everything is so specific that there's some, there's some discontinuity here by virtue of how things are studied. In the meantime, I think this kind of tells us that the, the reductionist approach to making real life changes, at least right now, has to end. Which this essentially means that everything is a single problem with a single solution. We all kind of know that's false. Uh, and we keep trying anyway. <laughs> Nature or nurture? Yes. Mind or body? Yes. Environment, genetics, or free will? Yes. It all matters. And we more fit in there, I think. The separation of molecules and mice and humans, it's tough, it's tough to make sense of. However, we can put our idea caps on and capitalize on a few critical thinking skills and some common sense. It turns out there is one such group, though, that is on a similar page as us, and I found some of their work while creeping around the Journal of Physiology and Behavior, and at its core, an interdisciplinary outlet for science. And these nerds out in France, part of the, uh, the metabolic adaptations to exercise under, under physiological and pathophysiological conditions laboratory, or meeple for short, actually I just made that up, uh, they came to three edgy conclusions. Well, edgy for academics anyhow. Uh, number one, that the time of day you are active affects your appetite. Number two, the closer your activity is to a meal, the greater the effect. And three, activity in the morning has a stronger effect on how much you eat. 
Keep in mind these are academic effects. Uh, small percentages are big deals though to them. <laughs> and small percentages are a big deal in real life too. They're just harder to conceptualize because people are, I guess, entitled to instantaneous tangibility. I'll just leave it there. Now this is a, a curmudgeonly way of, of saying, is this magic? No. Is this make or break? Heck no. Is it a tool in the toolbox for consideration? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it is. Let us crack on. Uh, there is a bit of literature discussing the timing of activity in the context of blood sugar control and sleep, for instance, and there's a little bit of literature discussing activity's impact in general on appetite and intake. But, and a big but, uh, there are some gaps when it comes to activity, appetite, and overall intake all discussed together. It turns out compensatory food intake is more likely with activity later in the day than earlier. Now these, there, there are interesting, I suppose, cognitive behavioral complications or implications for this, such as, you know, with, with internal data, our clients report stronger urges to reward PM training with food, for instance. And with AM training, however, they report greater self-awareness and the rest of their decisions during the course of the day are modified just a tad. So I'll repeat that again. Uh, they report stronger urges to reward PM training with food and with AM training, they report greater self-awareness about their decisions the rest of the day. Hilariously and awesomely, this was at least in part corroborated by the Gustafsson group uh, observing it, I'm going to quote this because it sounds funny. Uh, Individuals' free food selection differs in energy density when realized before or after an acute active bout of exercise. An active acute bout of exercise. Uh, in other words, some people reward their exercise with tasty treats and other people try to make it count with what they perceive as healthier options. The white-coated nerds call this compensatory hedonic response attenuation of gain. Translated, destroying an entire pizza after you exercise causes more problems than it solves. Given the anecdotal and academic reports of AM activity on sleep, productivity, motivation to get up and go, uh, I think it corroborates it okay. Corroborates it well. Using activity to get the, the, to get the day going or my personal favorite, using it to break up the day, is better than letting day's inevitably exhausting qualities sap your motivation to be active later. And if you do work up the gumption to be active, it's more difficult for a variety of reasons to start and stay active over the long term later in the day. The reward-seeking behavior after the PM activity is also justified, right? Everyone deserves a treat after doing something hard, and that feels extra hard. <laughs> What our data tells us is that this puts people on the struggle bus until they make PM training routine. But here's the kicker. Overcoming the exhaustion of the day to do something that's exhausting on purpose makes it hard enough to establish a routine. And paradoxically, food rewards make it more difficult to establish a PM training routine. It's inherently self-sabotaging. This is because the perceived benefits of the activity are negated by the food reward and or the mental energy required to restrain from rewarding. Interesting. It makes way more sense to reward PM training in general because it feels harder to do, especially after a tough day. 
Also, to be clear, this is different than hard training for the purposes of winning an athletic event, breaking a squat record, winning the Kona Ironman, snagging an octagon contract. These are all very different situations, one that I address ad hoc. Essentially, Dr. Keshi recognizes there are massive practical differences when nutrition and training are your life versus food and activity enhancing your life. He is discussing number two. So let's close this out here and wrap it up a little bit. Uh, a cursory search of the available information, the stuff that Dr. Kashi found in poking around, as well as the results of his private clients, they indicate that getting some activity in beats the living crap out of getting no activity in. Therefore, get that settled first. <laughs> Getting some activity in during the first half of the day yields about the same results over the first three to, six, three to six months as activity during the second half of the day. I'm beeping here. After that, if you've got the flexibility or you can create the flexibility, which Dr. Kashi can also help you do, the first half of the day crowd is slightly greater success rates over a two year period. Slightly greater success rates over a two-year period. But, you know, Dr. Cashy would rather give you every edge he can. So he's like, this is why it's being discussed in these terms. This means that anybody can make anything work for a while, okay? And when they get results, it does positively reinforce the plan. When life gets in the way and responsibilities start piling up, it's a little bit easier to stick to being active in the morning. A little bit. There are exceptions, of course, okay? And the main exception to this rule is competitive athletes. <laughs> the reasons are because they train and eat for reasons that are a bit different than most other people's, and the way that they establish priorities and reward behaviors is also a bit different. For instance, where for, a, I'll just say a regular person, for a regular person, training at the end of the day is more difficult because, you know, the day is exhausting and responsibilities pile up and you have things to worry about and all these other things. But with a competitive athlete, uh, they, they will purposefully conserve mental and physical energy, neglecting their daily responsibilities to maximize a PM training routine, right? <laughs> they will purposefully conserve their mental and physical energy by neglecting things to get the most out of an afternoon session. I was one. I consulted hundreds more. I even gave a whole presentation to an Eastern Olympic committee about it. <laughs> By and large, Dr. Cashy thinks this is a dumb idea for people that have careers, kids, and other things to do of any magnitude during the day. So when looking at all the fancy literature, we're back to the binary. Do you risk rewarding a hard workout at night, defeating the purpose, or do you force yourself to integrate all of your activity earlier on in the day? See how confusing this makes everything? <laughs> Dr. Cashy says, although these hard and fast rules can be cute and they are cute, you can have both a rewarding and satisfying meal after you train and the productivity and quality of life benefits. We fill the gaps with how we coach ourselves and how we get coached. Percentages and statistics are nice, but the bottom line is that this is all about finding what works for you. When figuring out what enough is for you, the tricky part is when you're going through the change process and guesstimating everything as you go. When that happens, it either feels like everything is working or it feels like everything is broken. And that's exactly the case. It's exactly the case when going by feel and guesstimating. <laughs> because that's all the information you have to work with. If learning how to do both interests you, then Dr. Cashy believes in you. Let him know. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out. <laughs>